Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Hello, good people, and welcome to Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I'm your host, Liz, and today we're doing a movie I love, and I'm pretty sure that my guests don't. So this is going to be fun for everyone but me. Yay! Um, The first guest is just the usual guest. It's Sam. I thought I'd let him on the podcast for a change. Hey! How you doing? Just living the dream, mate. Living the dream. And the more important guest that I wanted to get on was someone I haven't actually got to host a podcast episode with yet, and I really wanted to, and I thought, well, I have to get the American on if I'm doing Forrest Gump. So I'd like to welcome Dan. Hi, Dan. Uh, Hi, Liz. What podcast am I from now? Do you know? Yeah. I was like, (laughs) you're not two peas in a pod. You're not Netflix and Swill. No. Although I do edit for two peas on a podcast. So, yeah, I knew you had something to do with it, but I wasn't sure. Like, yeah, what do you, what do, you do now? I'm the behind-the-scenes guy for two pieces on a podcast sometimes. Uh, sometimes Gerald forgets that I exist and doesn't ask me to do things that I could easily do, and that makes his life more difficult. He's like, God, I got to get all this shit done. It's like, Gerald, I'm here. And he's like, man, all this fucking shit I got to get done. I can't believe I have to do all this shit. I'm like, Gerald, hi. What's up, bro? And he's like, man, my life is just so fucking hard. I, I just want some help with this podcast. And it's like, God, I hate you so much. <laughs> what a fucking uh, dude. Nice. I know. What, <laughs> amazing. I hope this shames him enough into realizing that, hi, I'm there. I, I offer you help every time. Uh, but no, I do the podcast Stacking Triggers. It's a Magic the Gathering podcast Ooh. where my friend Bill and I talk about our Magic the Gathering journey and how bad we are at magic. Wow. Yeah. That sounds super cool. I know. You would love it, Liz. I know no, you was, as an avid Magic the Gathering, <laughs> the Gathering player, uh, you would love to hear about this. Liz is sitting there right now wondering what, uh, like, what, do you guys cut people in half or do you, like, you know, do you, do you pull a I rabbit out of the head? I know what Magic the Gathering is. Oh, do you? I, I, I've played it once, but I didn't really get it. Oh, it you know what Magic the Gathering is? Name three card types. Go. Yeah, go. Uh, you guys are such... Alpha nerds. Explain how you take a girl says she knows something about. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I can't remember. We played Explain with all these cards, the faces and it just of got the more game. and more complicated. And I was just like, "Wait, so do I play this?" And the guy's like, "Uh, no, obviously you wouldn't play that on that." And I'm like, "Well, I don't fucking know." I'm yeah, that's it that's not how to teach somebody how to play fucking Magic the Other. Uh, no, you fucking moron! Don't play it like that. <laughs> yeah. So no, thank you. I'll stick to my super cool preference of <clears throat> nerdy games, which is Dungeons and Dragons. It's a good game. Yeah. So actually, uh, we are here to talk about one of my passions for a change. I thought that I'd talk about a movie that I love and other people can shit on because it's usually the other way around. So um, yeah, let's talk about Forrest Gump. Such a good movie. It is a movie from 1994. It stars uh, Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump, Robin Wright as Jenny Curran, Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan, Sally Field as Mrs. Gump, Mike Kelty Williamson as Bubba and Haley Joel Osmond as Forrest Gump Jr. Scores look like 8.8 out of 10 for IMDb, 71% for Rotten Tomatoes. Dan is aghast at this. And 8. Metacritic is 7.8. 8.8. 8. 8. Yep. 8. 8.8. Quick, Thank you. look up, look up the rating for... to be on my side. Look, play, quick, look up the rating for Under the Silver Lake. I'm pretty sure it's like a 7.0. And... Uh, we know how I think about that movie. Exactly. I've never heard of it. Oh, it's great. Oh, man. 
I want you to. I want to. I want to come back on. We got to watch nah, Under the 6. Silver 5. Lake. Yeah. Six point five. Totally different. Two stars <laughs> lower than than Forrest Gump. What? Forrest okay. Gump is eleventh in the top two fifty on IMDb. Fucking fucking mm-hmm. what? Great film. Anyway, stop shitting on it. So, well, I mean, okay, you can keep shitting on it, but uh, let's keep going on with stuff about Forrest Gump. Um, so the plot is that a relatively simple boy living in Greenbow, Alabama, just grows up and experiences a whole bunch of interesting shit in his life. Like, I don't know. Would you need to do anything more with the plot there? No. Everybody knows this movie. Yeah. Yeah, because it's great. Couldn't be more excited. So, in that case, we will move on to actually asking our questions. The way this podcast works is that we ask 10 questions that could be applied to any film, and then we each ask three personal questions that we came up with while watching the movie, and then at the end we ask a Patreon question I think we have from actually dan i think it might be former patreon (laughs) former patreon yes close enough same diff but the first question we always start with is what we usually call the compliment sandwich but apparently under protest i'm calling it is it forrest gump or forrest dump thank you gerald apparently no paul paul thank you paul from the countdown podcast Mm -hmm. you suck so the, the way this one works, we want to hear if you're going to give it a hyperbole, it's going to be good thing, great thing, good thing. If you're going to give it a compliment, it's good thing, bad thing, good thing. If you're going to give it a shit sandwich, it's bad thing, good thing, bad thing. And if you're going to give it a hyperbole shit, it's terrible thing, bad thing, terrible thing. No, yeah. bad thing, terrible thing, bad thing, whatever. So, okay, guys, take your turns to break my heart. Uh, let's start with the person I like more, which is Dan. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a compliment sandwich, but barely. Uh I think Gary Sinise is really, 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 really good. Like really, 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 really good. And uh, I don't, I don't think he was nominated for best supporting actor. I think he potentially should have been uh, over Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump because I don't think his Forrest Gump is very good. Uh, in fact, his accent work is very bad a lot of the time because there, there are multiple times where he slips into the actual Tom Hanks voice, and it's like, ah. Okay, Tommy, whatever, whatever mm. you say. Uh, the bad thing is it's safe. This is one of the safest movies that they have ever watched. Like, it's just so blasé. It's just so bland. It's just kind of like, yeah, these events happen. And, oh, you know, oh, we're just going to go surface level. But, like, the real story and the real thing you should care about is this relationship between this man with an IQ of 75 and this girl who never understands what true love is, blah, blah, blah. But we're just going to keep giving you, like, here's all the things that Forrest helped uh, do by, like, meeting John Lennon and uh, dancing like an idiot in front of Elvis. So Elvis thought that was cool. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. That stuff sucks. Uh, give me the, the love story. The love story with that is better than than the, uh, oh, look at this cool event that Forrest Gump was in. <laughs> uh, and then the needle drops, despite being super obvious are pretty good like all the song the song choices are all pretty good uh so my score out of what did you say liz six thousand whatever boxes of chocolates uh, it's six thousand and one boxes of chocolate hey honestly i'll take that that was so i was really stealing myself for a hyperbole shit so <laughs> uh in, in other words in the dan language of movie reviews it's fine i'll allow it go on sam this is your chance to truly get those daggers into my heart and watch myself bleed. Oh, I don't actually need to say anything. 
this is one of the most weirdest fucking moments in movie reviews in 20Q's history. Uh, I have my notes in front of me, and my notes are exactly the same as Dan, and my score was 5,999. <laughs> that is creepy. That's creepy, except I had it the other That's way around. amazing. I, my good thing was the use of music. My bad yes. thing was it's so excessive, both emotionally and cheesy, and all the scenes just get way too on the fucking nose, and way too, like, oh, yeah. like it gets way too overdone, and then my final good thing, <laughs> Gary Sinise, and my score was 5,999. So I was like, this is, that's amazing. This is fucking that's weird. A, that's awesome. This is fucking really fucking weird. I do not have the same as you guys that have. Although actually, I can't imagine my but, middle thing is kind of ironic. So the only the only thing oh. I'll expand on is like, even though it's kind of good, the use of music, it's sort of like it's lazy. It's like yes. all these songs that people fucking love jammed into a movie. And, like, of course you're going to love them because everybody loves them. You're not taking any risks. You're not doing anything crazy out there. It's like, yes, here's a bunch of songs everybody knows and loves. Stick it in there. People will start dancing in the cinema like, oh, I love this fucking song. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it commits the, the Vietnam War movie sin of playing Fortunate Son. Yeah. Which, like, uh, Skinner's Fortunate Son. Because that song's been around since before Skinner. But, like. I never need to hear Fortunate Son in the setting of a Vietnam movie ever again. I think they do it in Kong Skull Island, too. Uh, the the best song of all of them is, like, Jimi Hendrix is all along the Watchtower. I was like, oh, I, I don't hear this that often. Like, that's, yeah. this is actually great. Give me some Hendrix. Um, Dan, did you bring up Kong Skull Island because it's the only other Vietnam movie that you have, in fact, ever watched? <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> but, I feel, but I feel like in Apocalypse Now, 100% for sure. Oh, wait, no, I've watched Full Metal Jacket. Uh, I lied. Uh, and in, for- in Full Metal Jacket, I'm pretty sure they play Fortunate Son, too. And it's just like, guys, come on. 100% like, come on. they do. Um, the only other thing I'll sort of add on is, like, the emotional sort of excessive part is, like, it's it's sort of, like, it gets ridiculous. It's like, dad, dead. Mum, dies. Um, girlfriend, dies. Best friend, dies. It's like, how many more fucking people need to die in this movie? We get it. You know, they're tugging on the half strings. We get it. And I'd argue, like, the last half an hour of the movie, man, that was snooze fest. Oh, really? I thought that was, like, the best part. Oh. Okay, there we go. We finally found a point of difference. <laughs> I want to say stuff. No. Um, no. <laughs> hey, should we, uh, Dan, should we just change this to be a podcast about how um, an NHL player's had to come out and announce to the entire world he did not sleep with another player's wife, oh. <laughs> mum? Oh, my right, God. Well, my uh, scoring now, I want to mm-hmm. hit it up. I'm just driving right back in, guys, because, like I said, I got shit. You're fine. Me. You're fine. Yeah. Do you, do you um, Okay, so I do want to hit up my statement with the fact that this movie actually has sentimental value for me. It's something that my family just kind of often watched on Christmas for some reason. I've no idea why. I wouldn't consider it a Christmas movie or anything, but just I think that the TV shows and uh, TV channels in New Zealand just went, fuck it, this is a nice long movie that'll fiddle in a gap on Christmas. Let's put that on there. So we just tended to watch it a bunch. So now that I just kind of associate it with like warm, gooey feelings. So I think that is a little part of why I love it so much. Just putting that out sure. there. So. My first good thing is that I actually think this is a rare occasion where the movie is better than the book. I've read the book and it was quite weird and it wasn't, it was a bit shorter and it was just the the language was weird and he was a bit more brutal around being um, used. I think he like uses the R word and it's just, it's, it was quite abrasive. And so like watching this movie, it just feels like quite a different experience. And usually when you watch a movie, after you've loved, you know, read a book, you're like, uh, it's not quite the same. Like, it helps him picture the people, but whatever. This is definitely sure. way better. My great thing is that 
I love that they had him involved in all the historical events and the video editing for it was really clever. Like I thought it was really well done and they like shifted him in. I mean, this was in the mid nineties. This was at the same time as the mummy. Look at the cool video editing that they did. It's almost as good as Independence Day. Am I right, Dan? Uh, Independence Day used a lot of miniatures. Uh, oh, yeah. I, okay. I, I, okay, I'll, I'll I'll see to you inserting him into the videos, yeah. and the, it was cool. Um, when they tried to have the presidents talk to him and yeah. their have their mouths moved, it looked horrible. It okay, looks yeah, okay. terrible now. But in a way, I kind of found that funny because you were like, obviously, this didn't happen. So I was like, I wait, it well, fuck it. I, I looked at it like, yeah. oh my god, that looks like video game mouth flapping. Like, what the that fuck? Did yeah, they the do JFK here? one, it was especially egregious. Oh, so bad. The Nixon one was also pretty bad. I will agree with you, Liz, that the like the visual effects they did for Lieutenant Dan's legs was really good. So there was there was you know it was pretty ahead of its time. Yeah, so it was like I like the video editing, but what I, I actually really liked that he was just kind of on the periphery of all of these things. I think that's a really cool concept because people like it just sort of alludes to the idea that there's people that just glide through life or just hover on the edges of life and don't necessarily get stuck into things, but they're present at all of these different things. And you go through life participating, but a lot of people don't necessarily participate or get involved. And I just, to me that I actually quite like that, that they just had him kind of there. And actually he was like, obviously the instigator of a few things. So kind of, to me, it just showed the difference between those. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I liked it. Sure. The final thing that I think is good is that I think it actually strikes a good balance between emotional and funny. There are really emotional moments, but I like those really emo- – well, I mean, I hate them because I cry. But there's a lot of funny in it as well where I'm laughing or I think it's really cute or whatever. And, yeah, I think it's a nice, genuine, nice movie to watch. And, yes, it's not risky. And, yes, it's not got giant gunfights and people killing each other. Well, actually, okay, there are people killing each other. But generally speaking, yes. like – it's it's something that you can just sit down and watch. It's like comfort food. So I like it. And I was thinking about the score and uh, the score I gave to Shawshank Redemption. And I think I'm going to give this the same score because, like, it's the – this I can't say anything really bad about it. And I can't – like, it's just a comfortable movie for me. So I'm giving it 10,000 boxes of chocolates. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That was always allowed. <laughs> Thank you. I had to do it because it's my movie. Okay, so Sam, what do we got for question two? Okay, question number two. What scene from another movie that stars one of the actors in this movie would you add into this movie to confuse the hell out of audiences? Oh, do you want me to go? Okay, uh, very, very immediately the second I saw this question, it was uh, when the Amazons fight with the Atlanteans, all the other people of Earth, the Greek gods... And uh, the Green Lantern in Zack Snyder's Justice League, because that movie has Robin Wright in it as an Amazon. <laughs> and boy, there, there I'll tell you this. There'd be nothing funnier <laughs> than whenever it's like tracking Jenny through her life. And it's just like smash cuts to this, the fucking battle against Dark Side <laughs> with the Amazonians. That would be amazing. That would be fucking it. insane. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Nice. Okay, so I'm thinking Gary Sinise as an astronaut in Apollo 13 just before he turns up at the wedding. So then you kind of think that he stole his legs from the spaceship. Oh, that's good. Because he's like, I've got titanium legs, like the spaceship. And then you'd be like, like that spaceship? Did you like salvage them? Or yeah, that's what I'm uh, I also had Lieutenant Dan as an astronaut in Apollo 13 because we also have Tom Hanks in Apollo 13. But mm-hmm. what would have oh, been better would have been that scene where he's in the bar and he's like, 
oh yeah and one day i'm gonna be an astronaut and i was like that would be perfect smash cut smash cut to him as an astronaut that would have been fucking hilarious i forgot that he says that Yes. yes love it yeah all right uh dan what's question three question three is what film would this movie try to bang if given half a chance okay i'm quite proud of this so i'm going with an education from 2009. So this film obviously already uses sex to get an education. And the cherry on the top is that the lead character, played by Carrie Mulligan, is named Jenny. Wow. That's pretty good. Sure. That's- I know. <laughs> so chuffed to think of that one. Uh, what do you guys got? Uh, I have what is often considered to be the superior vision of Forrest Gump, which, but is not very well known, which is called Being There. It stars Peter Sellers, who plays a dim-witted individual who works as a gardener for most of his life. And then one day, the owner of the mansion that he works at dies, and he just goes out into the world and has a series of adventures where he basically goes from, I don't know, dealing with street-level criminals to being considered one of the greatest economic minds of the time. It's fucking insane. But it's basically the prototype of Forrest Gump when it came out in 1980. Interesting. I've never heard of it. It was really good. I might check it out. What do you got, Dan? I'll go with a movie that kind of takes place around the same time as this, except in a different universe, Watchmen. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Because think about it. Watchmen basically starts like around the Manhattan Project, which is right about the time when Forrest is uh, born. And then it goes up through Vietnam and actually America wins through the use of superheroes. And then we're chill- we're just chilling in the 80s for the rest of the movie. Nice. That's true. Uh, there's another Vietnam War uh, movie that you've watched. I guess that's true. <laughs> Except all, all it is is like the comedian shooting a flamethrower and Dr. Manhattan going like, uh, I'm God. Okay, die Vietnamese. Yeah, it's kind of, it's very short the amount of time they've been in Vietnam. It's like one scene. Yes. But, yeah. It counts. Okay, so question four is a Patreon question from our man Chris Yeni, who is awesome. His question is, what on the nose song would you drop into the movie and where? And I'm going first because I have to get this in before either of you in case either of you try and play it on me. Because right at the end, when Forrest is waving goodbye to his little son and the tiny feather floats away, I would add all the small things by Blink-182. <laughs> <Bad>. Oh, nice. <laughs> Good on you. Uh, a little bit before the time, but yes, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going out of my usual. Usually I have to choose a song that would have existed, but it had to be done. I ha- and I was like, where am I going to put this in? I was like, <gasps> there's those two small things. I'm going to call it anyway. Thank you. Thank you for letting me uh, have my moment. You're fine. Okay. Before we move on to me and Dan, can we acknowledge that this movie has some very on-the-nose songs used in scenes? Yes. Absolutely. Running on empty and go your own way when he's running across America and when Jenny is pretending to be a bird about to jump off the fucking top of a building. Free bird, yeah. They're playing free bird. I was like, Mm -hmm. this is is ridiculous. There's quite a few ones that I was like, yeah, no, this is They embraced it. Yeah, the only one, I, the only other one I can think of is another Credence Clearwater Revival song, which is "Run Through the Jungle," and just drop that in when he's like running all the bodies out of the out of nice. the jungle. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good choice. I chose "We Didn't Start the Fire" <laughs> by Billy Joel, uh, and it can go fucking anywhere because this movie is kind of like the visualization remake of that song yeah. because he's just in every fucking event. Yeah, I love it. That should have been the credits. That should have been the fucking credits. That should have been the credits. It could also be at the same time as you put your song about running through the jungle, like, we didn't start the fire. Like, we didn't start the fire. Oh, wait. I mean, technically they, they did. did. Because Gary Sneeze called upon the, called for the yeah. airstrike. So they like, did. They called in an, an ironic yeah. way. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, if you want to go irony, but this movie doesn't do irony very well. <laughs> okay, Fucking fair. not at all. All right, what's the next question? Uh, next question, fan favorite. What quote from this film would be the worst thing to hear immediately after you finish having sex? Uh, I'm sick, Forrest, which is what Jenny <laughs> says, uh, because she has AIDS. Yeah. No, it's hepatitis so, yeah. C. I Googled it last night. I saw it on really? an article. Oh, it's night. hepatitis C. I thought it was AIDS. It's hep C. It's not said in I, the movie, but it's said in the book. Oh. Oh, I would have assumed AIDS Same. just because of like her needle usage in the 70s. Yeah, no, yeah, I always prom- had assumed promiscuity, AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but no. No, needle usage. Because she was doing a lot of drugs. Yeah, she was. She was doing a lot of heroin. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to call. I'm, I'm going to be sex positive here and be like, no, she just got it from drugs. Yeah, yeah. look, I, I, but I think you do get a hip C from drugs as well, right? Oh, see, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't do enough drugs to know that. But yeah, I saw that in an, I, you know, I just did a quick Google on a couple of things and that was one of the things that came up and I was like, oh, okay, there you go. You learn something every day. Yeah, I assumed it was AIDS, but okay. But yeah, uh, so that, like, because Forrest could get that through sex. So Forrest has hepatitis C, potentially. Yeah, not ideal. What do you got, Sam? Uh, My one, I mean, sometimes the obvious answer is the right answer. Dear God, make me a bird bird. so I can fly (laughs) far, far, far away from here. That was one of my three, so yes, (laughs) absolutely. My my only other one is, your boy's different. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had I didn't know it but I was destined to be your mama I did the best I could as, it, as me hearing that from a heterosexual yeah, yeah, yeah. male I think would be pretty weird Yeah. and uh, have we said your one yet Dan? your other one? you've not uh, I'm going to go with the most iconic line from this movie run Forrest run because <laughs> uh, likely what's happened is uh, her dad's come into the room and is prepared to beat my ass Fair. That is legit. I had one That's more, which, which was just, um, what's normal anyways? Oh, God. Because they might be trying to be reassuring, but it suggests they're trying to reassure me about something, oh, which I don't oh, want to know oh, what that oh. is. Well, also, he prematurely ejaculates in this movie, which is hilarious. Uh, so there, you could fit that there, too. Yeah, what's normal yeah, anyways? Yeah, I think I ruined your, bar- <laughs> your roommate's bathrobe. That would be enough. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, stupid as I did. I almost went stupid as a stupid does. Yep. I guess. All right, number six. Oh, I can't wait to hear what Sam's answer for this is. What was the biggest load of BS in this movie? I mean, there's so many, right? Like, I mean, I've got to put aside all the really obvious ones. And the one for me is that we see his mother get portrayed as this, like, almost saintly figure. She names her son after the founder of the KKK. True. What the fuck? She was in the South. Wasn't that just normal? What's normal anyways? <laughs> in the movie, she or you know, he says to us, I've been named it because you need to be a reminder that some people do really stupid things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, who uh, who inflicts that on a child? Well, I wonder if, because she's single, right? So, like, this baby was, like, not a planned baby, and it was kind of her reminder to herself. Like, she didn't necessarily like him in the first place. It was just kind of, like, resentful of this baby. It was like... You are a constant reminder to me that people do stupid things. So I'm going to name you something that aligns with that. But yeah, I, I no, but her dad's on vacation, remember? Doesn't her dad, doesn't the dad and he ain't ever coming him? back. Yeah. He's not coming back. But no, no, no. That, that, th- that line of thinking, Liz, directly contradicts her 
getting dicked down by the school president to get him to even go to public school in the first place. Because, exactly. like, a resentful parent wouldn't do No, but, like, I think that. you can have the baby and thank God this is a disaster. But then, obviously, you've got to love the baby because it's your baby. And then she's like, I'm going to be the best mom okay. I can be. Maybe. I don't know, man. I'm just making shit but up. But you can still rename the child. Maybe. Don't let him wander yeah, around with a fucking true. KKK member's name. No, okay. That's legit. 100%. I'm not naming my son Adolf. <laughs> no. Please don't. Uh, all right, so I'm going with the smiley face on the T-shirt. Like, that would have just been completely yeah, was, impossible. That's the thing uh, that's always oh, stuck yes. with me when he, like, rubs his face and it comes off as this perfect smiley face. I was like, no, no. Yeah. Everything else I can kind of cope with, that one always jarred. There, there was so many yeah. of them. Like, around that time when they just started laying it on thick, you're like, oh, fucking for oh, real. Oh, like, the shit you know happens I mean? one. That was kind of funny. Like, you know, the, there were a lot of the things where I'm kind of like, eh, yeah, okay. But that smiley face one is like, that's literally impossible. Literally I impossible. I could have swallowed that. I could have swallowed the shit happens. But when that happened, the smiley face, I was like, okay, the next yeah. scene is him going to be putting fucking googly eyes on a rock and giving it to a guy and being like, you should sell these or some shit. I was like, oh, come on, man. This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the smiley face one didn't like that. That was definitely bullshit. What about you, Dan? All right, well, uh, my, my joke slash kind of serious answer is yes. Because there's a lot of <laughs> bullshit that happens in this movie. Um, the actual answer I'm going to go with is that he makes, like, fuck you money. Yeah. And then just decides to never work again. And, ne- and like, just kind of be, like, a fuck off, like, multimillionaire, which I don't feel like happens anymore. So, like, he's, like, the one good multimillionaire? Yeah. yeah. You, you say he's good, yet every single boat gets absolutely ravaged in a, <laughs> like, in a storm. And he doesn't help those people out. Well, we don't yeah. see him in, in directly helping those people out. He says, I've got 14 boats now. Like, whether he, you know, when to help those people out, they've now lost their entire fucking income in a freak event and probably don't have insurance. Sure. Hey, but- Bubba's family's doing just fine. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> and her mama before her cooked shrimp. <laughs> that was the one part I applauded was the part where Bubba's mama got her got her juice. I was like, yes, this is awesome. When you see Bubba's mom being waited on by a white woman, I was like, fuck yeah, this is oh, sick. quality. Oh yeah, Just, for sure. I love and I love that juxtaposition of like how they showed the different woman through the, you know, like coming in and serving the shrimp, and then she has that white woman waiting. I just think that's excellent. Yeah, it was really well done. Okay, number seven. At what point should the main character, so Forrest Gump, have died? There's multiple occasions, but I feel like the part where he's getting chased by a truck and he doesn't really know how to run very fast. Like, I, I don't give a shit. Like, they, they, you can go on about how he's this really fast runner and all that sort of shit like we see in he's this. But he's getting chased by a truck. By, he's not faster than a truck. No. And I'd also like to no. preface the whole thing of, like, he's apparently this very fast runner, yet in the football scenes we see people keeping up with him and falling over to try and catch him. He's not blitzing these people. I don't think he's actually that fast. Millie, he, he runs as fast as a thrown football, which is fucking bullshit. But at the same time, yeah. Yeah. Um, a funny little just side, side fact about that is that um, Tom Hanks did have an occasional bottle double, and it was usually those scenes, and it was his younger brother. It was his what? Oh, yeah. It was it's, his, younger, it's his younger, brother. younger brother who. Oh, wow. Who is his voice double for any time there's a Woody appearance in, like, so, like in Kingdom Hearts, there's a video game series, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, that's Tom Hanks' younger brother who voices Woody. Ah, I didn't know that either. There you go. That's amazing. So I'm saying, I'm going a little bit younger than you, Sam. I'm saying when he was a kid and the other kids started throwing rocks at his head. 
like one of those rocks connects yeah. and you're like, fuck, how did that not knock that kid out? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I could absolutely see him having actually been killed by because those were big rocks. We're not fucking about there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like baseball sized rocks. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm calling it. What about you, Dan? Sure. Uh well, there's a really obvious answer, and the really obvious answer is Vietnam. Yeah. Like, how does he just get shot in the ass? Mm-hmm. Like they, they have a clear line of sight on him. And the, he gets shot in the ass. Okay. Uh, the other one is also when he's just running across America. Because, like, yes. you see this all the yeah. time with, like, really fit people. Like, they just keep, like, exercising to the point where their their heart's way too strained. And they just have a heart attack and die. So, like, that, like, to me, running that much, running for, what, three years? He says the exact amount of time. Yeah. Uh, it's like three years, two months, 14 days and 16 hours or something like that. Like running for that much time, you probably should have died of a heart attack. Yeah, but when he was hungry, he ate. And when he was tired, he slept. And when he needed to go, sure, he went. It was going to be my deep philosophical debate around that about like he ran out the door with no money. You know, just his shoes and his clothes on his back. I was like, where is he getting food Yeah, where is he eat? eating? Yeah. Where is he eating? He's a white Where guy. is he sleeping? How has he not died from dehydration, you know, 150 miles down the track when he's running through the fucking Texas and, you know, these bottle. really hot yeah, desert pl- <laughs> places where, like, you know, running through Death Valley where it's, like, notoriously impossible to do marathons and shit like that? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah that's I, ha- I will absolutely agree that, like, this movie, you do have to suspend... Your disbelief. You do have to just sort of sit back and go, yeah, okay, I'm just enjoying the ambiance as opposed to really thinking about any of it very hard. 100%. Sure. Question eight. What's something that you noticed in this film that you don't think other people might have immediately noticed? All right. So this is this is me uh, as a white man uh, who has an affinity for history because I'm a white man and history is kind to white men. Um. Lieutenant Dan said, or they they go through a montage of all the times that Lieutenant Dan's ancestors died during big American wars. And uh, I noticed like at least three or four conflicts that I would consider wars up to that point that were not mentioned in any way, shape or form. And I'm talking about uh, the War of 1812, which is when the British came back to try to to take back the colony, Uh, you know. That didn't work, obviously. Then you have the Mexican-American War, which gave us the great state of Texas and New Mexico and I think a little bit of Arizona at that time. And then you had the Spanish-American War, which gave us more of Arizona and California. And then you also have 10 years before – or like 10 – yeah, 10 years before the Vietnam War, you have the Korean War, which is even more forgotten about than the Vietnam War. Uh, that n- nobody mentions. So, like, where are all these conflicts that actually matter? I feel like we would have had a super montage because hasn't America been at war for like ninety eight percent of its existence? <laughs> fucking crazy. I was just going through that. Like, how long have we been at war? It was just like fucking every year. Yeah. Every year, it's just like we're always there. Nuts. Okay, so um, I I can't remember noticing every anything in like the first instance or whatever because I've been watching this movie since the nineties. But I would, was going to bring up something that I noticed in a doco, a making of later. Um, well, not so much I noticed, but they talked about it and I thought it was such a cool thing that I wanted to bring it up at some point, which was the bit where Lieutenant Dan swings his legs around past a coffee table. And, like, Gary Sinise had to swing his legs, but 
Lieutenant Dan doesn't have any legs, so we had to get the, him to be able to move naturally with this coffee table in the way, and they were talking about how they did it with CGI. And I just remember thinking that was so creative and so hardcore, and like it was took it was a huge amount of effort, and it was so totally unnecessary because mm. you didn't even need to have a coffee table there. Who would have given a shit? So I just, to me, I just mm-hmm. always thought that was such a hilarious thing for them to have put in and put all this effort in for no reason except to do a really cool effect. It was just my little thing. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's part of why I think he's so great is that you really believe that he's missing his 100%. legs. 100%. After he loses his legs. Yeah. And he's not. Like, he's uh, he's perfectly fine. Just the way he walks with those incredibly horrible looking fake legs at the end, like his magic legs. Yeah. They do not look comfortable. And I'm sure they weren't those yeah. early. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Sorry, even the way he throws himself off the boat. Like, I, yeah. I saw the mm-hmm. making of that. And I saw the other ones where that's he, like, right. didn't, didn't he have to, like, tape his legs to his together sort of thing? Like, it wasn't, like, it folded oh. in on itself and then taped it and then put them inside pants or something? It was sort of something like that. Yeah, It was, like, that incredibly uncomfortable for him and, yeah. Yeah, it was just so, so much effort went into making Lieutenant Dan's legs and I just thought that was really cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. What was yours, Sam? Uh, there was two. There was one that we discussed, which is how bizarre it was that there was an army recruiter milling around at a people's graduation party. Yeah, just at a graduation. That's weird. Yeah, the graduation. Right, it's quite and clever. like, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, hey, have you thought about using your degree? <laughs> well, what? Oh, oh shooting people isn't using my degree. No. What was his right. degree? Do we know? He said home economics class. Uh, I know we did one home. That seems like, it seems like a general studies degree oh, yeah. then, and it was just like we're putting you through college because you run fast and can uh, win us national. We'll sign you up to literally the easiest classes we can find so that you can stay at yes. university. Yeah, NFL players their their college major is often communications oh, yeah. because they found that to be the easiest kind of degree to get. I was about to say for for the American here. I mean, how do these college athletes actually get? any like recognized degree because like in New Zealand, like it has to be in something and you have to sit tests and mm. you know, like write but, essays. I mean, if you've and got all... support, like if you've got yeah. like a proper tutor there who's helping you get through it and helping, you know, checking your essays and telling you how to write things and bloody blah, blah, I could see how they'd make it work. And I mean, the amount of money these people earn them. Yeah. I could see it. Yes. The other thing I noticed that I thought was a little bit bizarre and is maybe uh, it's just sort of weird was like they, they apparently live on the outskirts of town and yet right at the end there where he's waiting for the bus, he's standing at the end of his driveway and there's 12 letterboxes. Yep. And I was oh. like, have, yeah. have they set up the town so that like the postman's like, fuck this, I'm not driving all the way out <laughs> to every other fucking house along this road. You guys put all your postbox here. This is the city limit. This is where I'm coming to. It could be rural delivery. We've got that in Maybe. New Zealand, like where it's the start of a long road where there's a lot of people in the, and it's like a, yeah, the postman's like, okay, well, here's all the 12 people that live on this road. All your letterboxes yeah. are lined up here. So it could be. But it doesn't look like that. It looks like a normal road yeah, just on yeah. the outskirts of town with a driveway. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, good call. I have not noticed that. That was but bizarre. Nice. Mm. Okay. Question number nine. How would you have incorporated Nick Cage into this movie? Uh, yeah, I mean, the obvious option is to have him in Vietnam as one of the guys, have Tex, doesn't know where he's from, and then just, you know, when shit starts in the fan, we get a, treated to an awesome Nicolas Cage freak out of, oh, oh, they're shooting at us, oh, what do we do, oh, I don't want to die for us. <laughs> have him be the first one to go. Stacey would absolutely love that. This would be Stacey's favorite movie if Nick Cage was the first person to die during, during the shootout. True. Yeah. I would have him as, I think he'd be a great drill sergeant. 
uh, when Forrest signs up to the military and he's like doing all the, you know, doing the stripping down of the guns and stuff. And the drill such is just like, why did you do that gun so quickly? Forrest, oh, whatever it is, Sergeant Gump, Private Gump. I did that shit job of that one. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Top quality preparation. I totally forgot the quality I've ever heard. I totally forgot the quote as I started saying it. So it was like, why did you strip that gun down so well, so quickly, Private Gump? And I see dead like, people. <laughs> because you tell me to drill Sergeant, God damn it, Gump, you must have the IQ of a goddamn 160. Um, yeah, no. I think Nick Cage would be great at that job. Uh, I want a similar vein. Uh, there's the the guy who is the bus driver to uh, uh, drill camp that screams at him. And oh, I was yeah. like, boy, that could just be Nicolas Cage right there. Like, just a quick blink and you'll miss it, like Nicolas Cage. Nice. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. Definitely. And just, just for a moment. Love it. Because the other one I had was the yes. vet that was yelling and screaming swear words down the mic at the, is it the Lincoln Memorial? Oh yeah, it's like Washington that man was really there. angry, and he liked to say "fuck a lot." <laughs> yeah, I could yeah, that would have been another good Nick Cage. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does heaven play, Jenny? No, uh-uh. <laughs> no. His son, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he had the the collarbones to pull off the cute top that she wears when she's freebirding it up. Yeah, but imagine Nicolas Cage naked on a stage with a guitar. No, I prefer not to. Thank you, though. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be phenomenal. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, so uh, question 10. What character would win gold in the arrogant Olympics? Oh, uh, there's a few options. Um, my my winner, and I'll give my runner up after you guys, but my winner by far is Jenny's boyfriend in Washington. You know, the guy that like, yes. hits her at the Black Panther. Nice. Yeah, He's it. such a scumbag. There's mm-hmm. nothing enjoyable about him. He seems arrogant as fuck. Absolutely. What's yours, Dan? Uh, I went. With the titular character himself, Forrest Gump. Now, he's not arrogant, but, like, can you imagine? Because there's that guy on the bench who he's telling the story uh-huh, yeah. to. He's like, and you're a fucking millionaire? What are you talking about? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it's like all these, like, I can imagine as that guy sitting there being like, all these events this are just centered around this one guy. Are you fucking serious? Like, how self-centered <laughs> do you have to be? So, yeah, like, coming at it from that guy's kind of perspective, like, Forrest seems mega arrogant to just continually insert himself into history. You could also say Forrest Gump because of the arrogance of him thinking that all of these people would want to hear his life story. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that, but like we're looking at the viewpoint of him or like we're looking at it from our viewpoint where we have that self-awareness, whereas he's probably just sitting there just chatting. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he has no idea that he's being arrogant. Right. On top of this, we'll talk about it soon, is like how arrogant it was of Jenny that she didn't know that, like that she thought Forrest couldn't walk six blocks to find her house. Like, she was like, he's so stupid, I've got to put him on another bus to go six blocks. Like, he can't follow instructions. You know, when he's been sitting there and that little old lady at the end's like, oh, that's just six blocks away. I feel like she just said, here's my address. And he just looked up, like, bus schedules and just went, oh, the bus, bus, like, from this bus goes to this bus. And then I have to sit at this bus stop for, like, two hours or however long I have to. Like on a website where it's like, do this and this and this. I thought he was reading off a letter from her. I thought he was reading off her letter and her letter said, you need to do this, this and this. Yeah, I can't remember. I am going with President Nixon. I mean, mean, obviously. (laughs) Any of the presidents. (laughs) Any of the presidents. Lyndon Johnson. I actually Googled. Yeah. I I Googled, is Lyndon B. B. Johnson arrogant? And then I went, as I was typing that, I went, wait, no, Nixon was in this film. I'm putting Nixon. Was LBJ arrogant? Let's not forget that. Yes. uh, Lyndon B. Johnson would 
habitually make phone calls out of the White House to be like, hey, my pants are too tight because my, my fucking penis is so no. long. There we go. This is correct. Yes. He used no. to brag about the size of his dick all the time. Yes. The, oh you have, need you to let out the crotch a little bit. They've got bit. like government yeah, records of him bragging crotch. about how huge his dick is. I was like, yes. that was the real obvious answer. I was like, he's an actual historical figure that we know this for a fact. I need to, I need to dive yes. a little deeper here. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Love yep. it. It is ridiculous. Get out. John Lennon was a bit of a dick <laughs> while we're at it. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I John, thought John Lennon came across hate, a bit like patronizing in this. Well, oh, it's he easy to try. interviews with his son. John Lennon was not a good guy. He was not a fucking yeah. good dude that everyone makes him out to be. 100% a wife beater. 100% yeah. uh, hated his son. Yes. Mm. He's nowhere near the Great. angel. Oh, imagine there's those in heaven. Yeah, okay, fine. But, it's easy yeah. to try, dick. All right, so this brings us around to my set of three questions. So, question 11. Could any other actor have played Forrest Gump? And if so, who? Yes, give me Denzel Washington. Although that's a completely yeah, different movie because you're talking about inter- you're Now he has to experience integration? Yeah, the whole race relations yeah. thing. It's the whole idea is this cishet white man just cruising through life, right? Yeah, I get all that. I get yeah. all that. And quite interestingly, there was three actors that passed on this role before it got to oh, yeah. um, Tom Hanks. Chevy Chase, it? Bill Murray, mm-hmm. and John Travolta. Oh, those would have all oh, been I would have terrible. Hated everyone except they would have for been maybe terrible. Travolta. But when I read this, when I read this, like, could Ian Alec have played Forrest Gump? I'm like, yeah, sure. But like, who who would I love to have seen? Mm. And what sort of dynamics they could have come up with would have been Denzel Washington. Because Denzel's a man. He's a better actor than Tom Oh, Hanks. I love Denzel Washington. I just don't think he fits in this movie. But okay. Yeah. It would be it, a different it, it movie for sure. Movie. Yeah. Yes. What about you, Dan? I said Tug Speedman. <laughs> Give him his redemption tour. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta watch. Okay, well, Sam, uh, Tropic Thunder time. Oh, I've seen Tropic Thunder. Oh, okay. So Tug Speedman is Ben Stiller's character, and he and as famously, he's the blackface. He does the simple. No, Jack he's movie. not the blackface. It's Ben Stiller. No, that's the, <sighs> Ben Stiller is not Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is the one. I've not seen Tropic Thunder in a really long time. Okay, yeah, Tug Speedman is Ben Stiller's character, and he tried doing a Forrest Gump-like movie called Simple yes. Jack. And he went full R word. That's right. And therefore, yes. Okay. Yes. Now the yes. joke makes sense. I just and, didn't remember. And it. Uh, Kirk Lazarus as oh, I can't remember his his second char- the the character he's playing in the movie's name. But uh, Kirk Lazarus goes. Tom, Tom Hanks didn't go full R word. Yeah. You went full yeah, R word. Sean Penn never didn't go, go full yeah. R word. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, no, yes, no, no, I no. Do sorry. He that, takes the no. piss out of it. He goes. Dustin Hoffman didn't go full R word. Won an Oscar. Tom Hanks didn't go full R word. Yeah. Won an Oscar. Sean Penn went full R word, didn't win an Oscar. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Question 12. What historic event should they have included, but they didn't? Woodstock. Yes. Wood- Ooh, Woodstock's a good one. That's actually a really, Absolutely. really good one. Oh, my God. That's such a good call. What we could have had is we could have easily have had a scene where Forrest is running across the country or whatever point it sort of fitted into that part, where he's mm. at Woodstock and he walked a, a African-American gentleman walks past him and says, hey, you, what's your favorite song? And he goes, I like the Star Spangled Banner. And then it cuts to Jimi Hendrix playing the Star Spangled Banner on the stage slowly because he's slow as well. That's genius. <laughs> slowly oh, I like love that that's really That's really yeah. Forrest is trying to recite Star Spangled Banner. And Jimi Hendrix is like, fuck, this has got some, this has got some legs. I'm going to use this. Oh, my God, that's amazing. No, so actually, Woodstock was, I'm looking up the, the so it was 69. 69. Yeah. 
And look at the timeline. He's in Vietnam. He would have still he's been on his ping pong tour. in the army. Yeah, he's on a ping pong. Yeah, tour. he would have been in the army. So he could have been there as like the, as ping pong representative because he's become as like semi quasi celebrity that they could have said, "Do you want to go to Woodstock mm-hmm. and teach people how to play ping pong or something?" Or I don't yeah, know. did they have like exhibitions or yeah, even, like stage performances and stuff there? Yeah, yeah, sure. nice. Yeah, love it, Sam. Best answer you've possibly ever given in a podcast. <laughs> what do you got, Dan? Well, there's a historical event that every American celebrates every 4th of July. It's when Randy Quaid flies his <laughs> F-16 into an alien spaceship's weapon over Area 51, no. uh, blowing it up and uh, saving the world yet again. Yeah, that's that's something we really could have had. This USA! Week. USA! <laughs> no. America! That's, that's so uh, terrible. I love it. Uh, no, but the real answer is uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Where was that? Because we talked about all these uh, politicians getting fucking shot. Like, every U.S. politician who was shot during that time frame was shown to be shot. And you're telling me we can't just have JFK be like, yo, dog, uh, please don't Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, he's at us. university then. So at college, I'm playing football, so... Yeah, so it could have been around the time where he meets JFK, like, it's when the Cuban Missile Crisis is happening. Nice. That, would have been that was in 63, so uh, he met, yeah. Yeah. Totally, he could have been All-American the year before or something. And my final question, question 13, if they made this movie today, what would be different? I mean, the simple answer is everything. <laughs> like, yes. Well, as in what I mean was, like, I feel like 90s, there was a lot more leeway in living things, you know, like they just went ahead and cast, you know, made a movie about a simpleton and kind of made fun of him a little bit and you know like i feel like it wouldn't necessarily fly today is that the is that what you're meaning or yeah yeah like the, like a lot of those aspects just would not be used today or like would be frowned upon or you know all that sort of stuff i mean they, these movies mm-hmm. still get made but i mean probably not as prevalent as they used to you know but it's like it's right. just yeah there's so much of this that changed there'd be petitions in hollywood for them to get somebody that sort of fits into this position or to show them more sympathetically or to show them to have I don't know, whatever is deemed to be an acceptable quirk nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. But also, I think, because it's based on a book, and I've never read the book, but I'm assuming, like, there's a contingent of people who be like, I wish it was like the book. <laughs> 100%. And, Please make it more accurate to the book. And uh, that that would be the only big changes. Uh, and maybe it would, since it's substantially different, it would change a lot. But, like, yeah, it, there would be something that makes it more I like I think the, the book. book goes more full outward, I think. Which is our favorite. We love that. It does win Oscars, though. Mm. does not win oscars anyway uh yeah that's mine sam what are your questions yeah it moves me over to my one i mean there is a lot of comment especially on the internet and especially amongst people that like to belittle her but is jenny really the worst is jenny really the worst i mean she does some atrocious things but is she really the worst okay sam hold, hold, hold on Sam, what do you think the atrocious things Jenny does? No, that's that's I'm just I'm just paraphrasing the internet. I'm just asking the questions. No, no, no. <laughs> what? Oh, you're okay. So that's not, so that was you just adding flavor to the question. You weren't saying Jenny does terrible things. Uh, I don't necessarily believe she does, but a lot of people have problems with the fact that she sort of leads Forrest on. Um, she only shows up when she needs something, stuff like that. Yeah. Go ahead, Liz. As the feminist of the group, go ahead. I think. Well, I'd like to think we're all feminists, team. But uh, <laughs> no, women are terrible. Okay, that's fair. So, um, <laughs> look, I would say anyone who suffered that kind of abuse as a kid and had no one to help her find her way again is just never going to be a great human. I think she did her best with the circumstances and she turned it around okay in the end. I would say there is one thing I think that she did 
bad and I think it's that she took so long to get in touch with Forrest and tell him that he had this kid and get him back on the scene because she seemed to have her life pretty sorted by then so I feel like she could have got him back in sooner saying that though he'd been running for a really long time right so she probably thought well I've seen him running I don't think he's back at his house so I I don't know how to get hold of him for a long time so I I wonder if that was part of it but she even says when they finally catch up with each other she says oh you've got that letter I was wondering if you ever saw it because he starts running pretty much immediately after the moment that he realises that she's gone without telling him, right? So it's been a few years actually between yes, yeah. when he finishes running and when he goes to see her. So yeah, it's just there was an interesting piece here. That was the only thing I could say. That sucked, but I feel like there may have been mitigating circumstances. Yeah. So what's your thought, Dan? Are you in agreement? My thought is pretty much that the internet is full of incels mm. and what they're experiencing here is what they feel like they experience, which is unrequited love. Like Oh, I love this woman. Uh, I want to be with her, and she won't give me the fucking time of day. She's friend zoning me. I'm uh, in the it, friend zone, right? It's, it's just that kind of shit, and I feel like that has led to the prevalent theory that, or the prevalent opinion that Jenny is the worst. And it's just like, no, she was sexually abused as a child. Yeah. Uh, she's been hit by every man she's mm-hmm. ever been with or been around, except for Forrest. And probably in her mind, this is me making logical leaps based off of the psychology of a, fic- of a fictional character, but like, she probably doesn't feel like she deserves this kind of love and just deserves to be caught in a horrific cycle for the rest of her life. And it takes a long time for her to heal for that. And she turns it around when she gets pregnant. Get you know, she goes, actually, now I'm yes. responsible for someone else and I'm turning it around and she does. I think that's really great. It's, it's such yes. a quintessential representation of, you know, women who suffer abuse and, and, and the profound impact that child abuse has. Like, and I think that's a really strong yeah. message in the movie as well, is to go, hey, look, this thing that happened to her as a kid, that actually is going to impact her whole life. I think it's important to to look at that, because a lot of people just yeah. don't seem to realize that or recognize it, and it's bullshit. I 100% agree. Yeah, like, as a child, like, watching this movie, it was sort of like, man, what's she doing? She's just like, what the fuck? But then, like, as you get, you know, as you grow up and you mature, you become an adult, you deal with people that have addiction issues and, you know, like have shitty childhoods or you progress for your own PTSD, you actually realize how, like, you know, that's not her that's the fucking to blame here. It's like a lot of her actions and whatever people deem to be, you know, like inexcusable behavior. It's just just her. It's just her trying to fucking come to grips with everything. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I just feel like people, when they say that, are just kind of ignoring her upbringing and just going like, oh, look at her being terrible to this simpleton man. We feel bad for simpleton man, and also we see ourselves in simpleton man, so fuck women. We're – it's not our fault we're in celibate. It's it's women's. Their friendship isn't worth anything. I don't care about friendship. All I want is to stick my dick in that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's funny because, like, the – one of the humanistic aspects that we have the most trouble controlling is our flight or flight response. And it's very obvious. I mean, she even says, I want to be a bird. I want to fly far, far away. Is her response is flight. And so a lot mm. of the times they're like, the shitty things she does, like, you know, he comes and rescues you from a bar where she's performing topless. Yeah. First thing she does is jump in a truck and drive jump off. In a truck and he drive spends off. the yeah. night with her, you know, he's been taking care of all this other stuff. She sleeps with him, realizes she's in love with him. First thing she does is run away. It's like, that's her emotional response. It's mm. not, you know... How, how are you going to fucking use logic or whatever to overcome that? You know, you're not. It's just this emotional response that she has inside of her. So, yeah, no. Nah. It's just, Same it is really right. sad then to see, like, she gets it together and she has this nice life and she's trying so hard and she has this beautiful son and it's too late and it she is. dies. And, like, I, I always mm-hmm. cry at the bit with the, 
we buried her on a Tuesday or whatever. I just, I'm welling up a little bit now because it is so emotional. And that's why I really like this movie is that it does make you feel a bunch of different things, which yeah. is nice. That, that aspect that I always wondered was what is it going to be your backup plan? You know what I mean? Like, like what is going to happen to her son if Forrest wasn't on the scene? Right. God knows. Yeah, who knows? Uh, question number two, what famous cultural event, you know, like we see in this movie, Elvis dancing, Lennon's Imagine, Watergate, mm. whatever. Do you think Forrest Gump might have been indirectly, directly a witness to or responsible for in the 2000s? Dan, you're looking very chuffed. No, I'm also looking very chuffed. I feel like we both think we've nailed this. So you go. Uh, oh, I, I hope we have the same answer. Uh, 9-11. Oh, my God. I do not have 9-11. <laughs> that was going to be my joke. I was gonna... What? <laughs> oh, I, oh, sorry, I immediately what? went to 9-11. Going, uh, immediately. Yeah. Because cause, uh, there's, the, there's the thing that, like, the FBI knew about it, like, three months ahead of time. They but had like, the information, but they hadn't put the pieces together. Right. So, but like, so for it, like, someone calls and Forrest is the one who answers, and it's like a plane's going to hit the twin towers sometime in the next like six months, and Forrest is like, "Oh, okay," and then just hangs up the phone like <laughs> oh that. It, it, it's like that level. <laughs> That's hilariously terrible. I love it. Um, and hate it. But holy shit. Okay, no, I went for something totally different. Um, I think he put his mowing experience. Like he's quite a well-known, you know. Ex- aficionado with mowing and one might say landscaping so he put all of that effort into starting a one-man landscaping company and he wasn't very clear on the phone when people called like make bookings about the business um and that's how trump's people accidentally booked four seasons landscaping when they meant to book the hotel the four seasons they're like is this the four seasons yes <laughs> can we book for our venue okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, that moment that's, in time always my, makes my me one, laugh. Oh, that's so good. The one that I thought of was I was imagining a scene where he bumps into a seamstress, causing her to miss her bus, and then she's not able to get to the Super Bowl to fix Janet Jackson's costume. Oh my on time. god! <laughs> and as a result, we got Nipplegate. Oh my god! So three very different events in American history. Yes. It is so yes. Your country is so rich. Amazing. With I know. Uh, it's almost like you it was know. the center of the world or something. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. Universe, some people would say. Sam, what's your next question? <laughs> Best country on the planet. Ever. No problems here. <laughs> no, nothing. You guys have uh, no problems. My final question, uh, I don't know how much fun you guys are going to have with this one, but a la Jenny's roommate having her bathroom ruined, what's the worst sex-related occurrence you've had the displeasure of unwittingly hearing or seeing or being involved with? Yeah, look, I'm boring. I've just said every flatmate ever that I've ever heard because I'm a prude and I just don't want to hear. Then what other the fuck people. are you doing lighting up the doors like. with a glass on them, man? What are you doing? And hanging around outside of windows. If you don't want it's to true. hear that shit, what are you up to? I can do what I want. This is a free <laughs> country. Just calm your shit and stop N- being Not gross. as free as here, no. though. True. America, land of the free. All, only freedom here. Definitely no one being murdered by police every day. Have you seen that Freedom Index, which has you guys at like 30th? And we're like in the top five. It's, oh, I know. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we're always in the top three, yeah, yeah. I think. Or, yeah. Top two or three. Yeah. But you enjoy your freedom, Dan. And I'd like your freedom in answering this question. Oh, as, as a white person, I do enjoy my freedom. It's great. I have no doubt. So mine was that uh, I've, I have I came home one day uh, with my friend Corey, who uh, I've known for forever. Uh, we walk into my house. I'm like 17. And uh, all of a sudden, just here like the bed moving in my parents' room. And then I hear a little bit like soft grunting. And I, and so Mm-mm. 
we're both we both hear it and we both just like start stomping around as we were like walking through the house we're like hey Corey, isn't it great to be back at my house yeah sure is great to be back here so my parents can stop fucking <laughs> nope <laughs> uh-uh <laughs> can't nope yeah my parents have never had sex were you an so, immaculate conception, were you, Liz? You and, and your brothers and sisters. Test you, baby. Test you, baby, right. I've decided. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm just going to inject my one. I know we don't answer our own questions usually, but I'm going to inject my one. My, my one was that we stayed in a hostel in Estonia, and there was me and my two couples that I'm really good mates with. And then in our room, our six-bed dorm, we also had a young Australian girl. So anyway, we all went out, we all went drinking, we all came back, and then I woke up at half an hour after I got back to discover that in our room there was like a bunk beds, bunk beds, and then a bunk beds over here. At the end of my bunk bed, the reason why I'd been awoken is because two of my friends were now banging, banging fucking very, very passionately, which was shaking my bed awake, which woke me up. And then I look across the little gap between me and the other bunk beds, thinking to myself, I wonder if I can go sleep on another bunk bed, to see my other friends having sex, and one of them looking at me and just going, hey, bro. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, no. So you're an orgy. I, I was in awesome. an orgy, so I was lying there. Wait, so they broke the fourth wall? They yeah, can't they be breaking the fourth, the fourth wall. wall. Yeah, you can't break, you there's me witnessing this, and then all I could think was there's an Aussie girl that didn't go out drinking with us very late who's asleep in the beds above us. The next day... Asleep. Oh, I'm sure she was super oh, yeah, oh, no, asleep. No, 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 she was not. We, we we caught up the next day, and then we're like, we'd randomly bumped her into the hostel, and I was like, oh, hey, I think your name was Grace or something. I was like, oh, hey, Grace, how's it going? She's like, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, me and all the me and all the guys are going out drinking tonight. Do you want to come with us? She's like, quite frankly, between your snoring and all the sex, I'd never want to see any of you ever again. Yeah, legit. <laughs> and, and then she Good asked Lord. for um, a room change. Yikes. Oh, I would too. All right. So my first personal question is, is this actually a good performance by Tom Hanks? I think it is because it's such an iconic role. It's so well known. It's something that you really recognize him for. And you guys, neither of you came up with really realistic replacements for him. Now there's that recognition that it's not always good to get like neurotypical actors to play neurodivergent characters or cis people to tra- play trans people, that kind of thing. I don't know if that applies here because I don't know if there'd be people at that intelligence level who could deal with the nuances of the. I don't know. Maybe it does. Um, so that would be my only concern. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I think he does great and I love him. And shut up and don't say a bad thing about Tom Hanks. I think it's fine. That'll do. I gotta talk about it. Like I, I think his accent work is like isn't great. Oh yeah, see, I wouldn't know that. Like I, I that wouldn't be something that would immediately stand out to me necessarily. Because like when he yells, he's not yelling as Forrest mm. Gump. He's yelling as Tom. Hanks. That's correct. And you can you can clearly yeah, hear it. That is correct. Oh uh, yeah. Now that you say that, yes, drill sergeant. Like that's what he would have done a bit more if he was Forrest, right? Like yeah. more of a banner accent. I, think, yeah. I feel like he nails some of the emotional beats pretty well, and I think he's. Tom Hanks yes. is kind of mm. good in that every man sort of funny like there's not too many actors like him because he just he's not what you characterize as like Clooney or Pitt handsome or DiCaprio sort of thing. No. At the same time. But he's not bad no, looking. No, he's not he's bad not, looking. No, yeah. He just looks more like yeah. He looks like a regular he just, guy. He is. He's like a regular guy who happens Absolutely. to be pretty good at acting. That's the best way to describe him. So he he's very good at playing that every man that, you know, if you had had a Brad Pitt or I don't know who was else was huge and hot and famous at the time but you know, like if you'd had somebody else like that in this role, it probably mm. would have been a little bit like, eh. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, he, I mean, he's got a good range, right? Like, because you have him playing that, but you have him playing something like Sully or um, Captain Phillips, where he's a lot more intelligent and thoughtful. And, you know, like, I think you can see him playing these different parts quite clearly. Whereas there's other people who play one thing. It's definitely thing. his most iconic role. It's very interesting to hear that John Travolta oh, was yeah. originally offered this role, given that Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, and Shawshank all came out at the same year, and they were all, you know, Oscars and stuff like that. Yeah. I like to think that if yeah, we can crazy. get to a point with AI... Tim Robbins. Eh? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm about to say. I, I'd Tim like Robbins? To, yeah, if, maybe. We'd, if we could get to a point with AI where we can see what Travolta would have been like, or even Tim Robbins, if they did a round on all these movies to see yeah. which one is better. Mm. Travolta goes to Forrest Gump, uh, Tom Hanks goes to Shawshank, and Tim Robbins goes to, like... Pulp Fiction. Uh, Pulp Fiction, yeah, like that would be that would be major. That would interesting. be interesting. I'd like to see, and then again another round Robin where we see Travolta as Andy Dufresne Shawshank, and we see fucking Tom Hanks as, or you know, vice versa sort of thing. Like, yeah, it'd be it'd yeah, be yeah. amazing. Yeah, that'd be the best use of AI I've heard of in quite some time. Yes, usually AI suggestions oh, are terrible, sure. but that sounds fantastic. Like, ju- just for yes, that. just for that, yeah. like nothing like, else. Like historical what ifs, cool. Uh, that's yes. fine. Yeah. Love it. All right. Along the lines of Connor Bedard's mom, definitely not fucking Corey Perry, what's the most degrading thing your parents have done to help you have a better life? So the one that I could think of was that my mum had to apologize to my teacher when I was 12 because I called her a bloody bitch. God knows where I got that from. Like That would have been me feeling like I was being really naughty saying bloody bitch because I went to Catholic primary school. So I can't imagine that was a fun time for her to do that. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. Mm-hmm. I'm badass. My my mum once had to write a letter to the school explaining that I did know how to swim. <laughs> okay, we what? I, I they had a they had swimming sports at our, our school, and I was actually quite a quite a good swimmer, like a like a really good swimmer. And what happened was that we were at the um they we had the day like the swimming sports day, and they basically said you have to either tell everyone if you're a really good swimmer or tell everyone if you can't fucking swim for shit. And so in my brain, I convinced myself that if I go in the group of people that can't swim for shit, I'm going to win everything. <laughs> you can't win the Special Olympics. But, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It was like just your average person and then your people that have, you know, like basically are really good at swimming and go to swimming classes and all this other shit. So there was a group of all the real good swimmers walked over one direction and then I walked over the other to the point that I, I feel like I remember one of my mates from swimming classes going, where the fuck are you going? And I was just like, <laughs> and so I'm, guilty conscience got the better of me. I told my mum, and she then had to write a letter to my teacher and the PE teacher saying, "This guy knows how to swim. He's being a fuckwit." Your poor yeah. mother. My poor mother. So mean yeah. to her. Oh, yeah. she was a total legend. So she was. She was an absolute legend. Yep, she sure was. What about you, Dan? Did you ever have anything? Did your parents do anything horrible for you, or? There was one day my brother, sister, and I were being so rowdy before school that my mom uh, had a job and she quit the job. Like called them that day and was like, "I quit. Can't do this. Got to take care of these kids because they are the worst." <laughs> and it's like, wow. Oh. She she worked like two hundred yards from the school. No, right. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think she wanted that job. Oh yeah, and I think she wanted an excuse to quit the job, so she did that. Oh, but also, that's the whole thing. They're so bad. Yeah. Yes. My um, my mum also had to beg the police not to arrest me after I got caught shooting BB guns at kids after school one day. Yeah, they probably deserved it. No, I probably deserved to get arrested. To be honest, you really deserved to get arrested. Yeah. Yeah, I was nah, kind of like, I was a pretty okay kid. 
<laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Question 19. All right. So we were talking about it in our chat, but like Vietnam's not really talked about, or at least it wasn't talked about very well when I was in school. Uh, we got to like World War II, and from there on, the teachers just kind of like, yeah. And then America went on, and it's just like, no, no, no. We're missing the Korean War, which is a, a pretty big U.S. military failure. We're, we're missing the Vietnam War, which is a pretty big U.S. military failure. So, like, what are events in New Zealand history that are not taught very well in your schools? Sam, did you get taught any New Zealand history? Yes. Not a school, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, right? So New Zealand history in general. I got taught a lot of history from a lot of New friends Zealand who are in the indigenous population who are Māori, whose parents would teach us about the history of Māori mm. and what happens to... Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, well, like, well that's how I learned a lot of my stuff. But the, the, one, the one main thing that I'll say about New Zealand that we got taught is similar to Christopher Columbus, we have James Cook who was supposedly the first white person to discover New Zealand mm. sort of thing, right? So we've got Abel Tasman, who was a sailor who saw New Zealand, named it New Zealand, didn't set foot on land, but just fucking sailed away. Was like, oh, look at those islands. That's New Zealand. And then he fucked off. And then James Cook is widely regarded as the guy that came here and, you know, started the colonialism and all that sort of stuff. And came here. And the, what a lot of people don't taught, get taught is how James Cook died. Do you know how he died, Liz? Mm-hmm. James Cook landed in Hawaii, decided to try and kidnap the local chief, hold him ransom, and then got stabbed to death. Yep. Nice. That's fucking insane. He was a massive dickhead. It's amazing. It's batshit crazy. I just want to use this time to give a shout out to our friend Thomas from History of Aotearoa New Zealand podcast, which has been on a few times, who has done many an awesome episode on the history of New Zealand, and it's it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. People go check him out. He's he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Dan. Hopefully you learned something or are uh, horrified just generally. I mean, it just seems like white people are the worst. And uh, yeah. 100%. Just, yeah. ta- just love taking things that aren't theirs. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, Sam. Why don't you close us out with question 20? This final question comes courtesy of our friend Dan here of Stacking Triggers. He can give us a bit more of a plug of his podcast at the end. But his question, who's the true MVP of this movie? It's got to be his mama. It's got to be Sally Field. That's a good one. But still names him after a KKK. Yeah. No, but she brought him up right. She did the best she could. I mean, I think actually this movie does get a a bit of a shout out to solo mums. Like, Mm -hmm. she did the best she could. And oh, don't get me wrong. She is an work. absolute fucking legend. She is an absolute fucking legend. Anyone yeah. that would bang the local principal just to get her son into school, not to mention everything else, like the renting out the rooms, that yeah. always been there, always been supportive, the life lessons that she taught this kid. She always put things in a way that he could understand them, you know. And she just, she just went, yeah. "This is my son. This is what he needs. I'm going to be his mother, and I'm going to do the best I can." And she did. And I definitely cry when she dies. I tell you that every time. Yeah. Dan, why don't you tell us your answer? Uh, it's the lady on the bench at the end of the movie. Because she's like, hey, I'll just listen to this man talk and be engrossed by this story and then help him out uh, by being like, hey, you actually didn't have to sit here for two hours telling everyone your story. You <laughs> exactly. could have just walked six blocks. Exactly. Legend. My one goes to the guy that I gave the arrogant gold Olympics, you know, the, the guy that was like at the Black Panthers in, in Washington and smacks Jenny. 
um, the true MVP is the Black Panthers who stand back and watch Forrest kick the living shit out of this guy. And like, part of me was just like, would that happen? And then I was like, how fucking yes, white on white crime? These guys would be like, fuck yeah, this is a fucking, this is Christmas for us. Look at these two kick the shit out of each other. They oh, definitely. Yeah, 100%. But the fact that they were just like, yep, sweet as, yep, see ya, on your way, don't worry. I was like, good on you guys. I really liked that they put the Black Panthers part in as well. I thought it was pretty solid. They kind of played off comedically, though, because, like, you have the guy ranting at him about it, and it's just like... Oh, playing into the stereotype of, like, ranting yeah. black men. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And, I, and like, for example... Sort of stereotype. Oh, yeah. Mm. And harking back to the previous question, I feel like that would be done quite differently now. Yes. But, frankly, in the 90s... Like, they'd actually give it the time of day to, like, explain what's going on with the Black Panther Party instead of just having, like, an angry black man yelling that's at him. That's true. In the 90s, they were probably Correct, pretty yeah. progressive just to have what they had. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty good representation. Oh, black people n- not being, like, magical Negroes in our film? Good. Yeah. That's true. I mean, speaking of which, I do want to mention Bubba. I don't feel like we've talked about him enough. And he's kind oh, of- we MVP- haven't. He's kind of an MVP as well in that he gives- Forrest, like, the idea to start up a shrimping company, which he then makes all his money off. I mean, that's pretty awesome. That, similarly, and I've just remembered, that was actually going to be the worst quote to hear after sex for me, was somebody telling me for about three days straight about all the different types of ways you can use prawns to make fucking food types. Like, that yeah. was the one that I'd be like, no, I don't want to hear that. Bubba's quality. I mean, he was probably my runner-up when I was thinking about this question. Yeah. I mean, he's the catalyst for most of the rest of the movie. Things just wouldn't yes. have happened the way they did without him. So, even just wandering up to Forest and being like leaning against me and Olinsky too, we don't have to sleep with heads in the mud. I just loved his accent. I loved all of the accents, actually. Yeah, he's the man. Especially the southern one. I mean, it's just so cool to listen to. Meanwhile, I think everyone who sounds like that is an idiot. (laughs) Exactly. See, I think we sound like hick farmers. So, no, you sound way better than the southern people. Hmm, debatable. Well, all right. I think we have covered everything that we needed to about the fabulous movie Forrest Gump that I love and you guys find fine. Which, look, honestly, could have been so much worse. I'm happy with that. Oh, it could have been worse. You could have had Paul on here and be like, what a fucking pile of shit with all these contrivances no, and garbage. And this is like, yeah, sure. Yeah, if you're cold and dead inside, Dan, you could understand why oh, someone I am cold and like dead inside. <laughs> sorry, Which Paul, is why, sorry, like, Paul. most of the time, my, 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 like, Normal rating is like three. If I'm just like, yeah, this movie existed, three. Or like six. You know? like, like, Forrest Gump to me yep. is Independence Day to you. So. Yeah. What's your movie that is your Forrest Gump and his Independence Day? That's tough. Probably Pulp Fiction. I've seen Pulp Fiction a lot. Yeah. And it sort of fits within that mid-90s um, bracket. There we go. We should just do a podcast episode yeah. of some sort of podcast that would, would fit where we each battle for our preferred movie of 1994 oh i oh i would 100 lose oh wait is with, independence day 94 <laughs> with with independence day independence day is 96 so mid 90s whatever um no i, I actually really yeah. rate independence day i rate it quite highly so i have full, full sympathies for you oh when people are mean about it it's great it is and uh it's fine that people don't like it i understand yeah. why people don't like it very accepting of you Okay, so uh, it's the new year, so we don't have lots planned quite yet, but um, we are talking about doing salt burn. Could be a pretty solid episode. Uh, if you have any suggestions for what we could do, uh, Sam, how could they get hold of us, please? Yeah, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on X, 
Twitter, whatever, move reviews in. We're wrapping it up on Twitter. We fucking no one goes on there anymore. Um, no one goes there. Instagram a little bit more. I mean, I check it more than I check Twitter. That's for sure. Um, and we just move reviews and twenty cues on that and on Facebook. Why don't we hand it over to Dan to tell us where he can find all of his good stuff from? Uh, so if you're in that can, uh, the two separate circles of the Venn diagram that uh, are a person who listens to the podcast and plays Magic the Gathering and wants to hear about people who talk about Magic the Gathering, uh, just search for Stacking Triggers on any podcast app. Uh, we're also on YouTube where we play Magic the Gathering on the YouTube sometimes and you can watch it and berate us for how bad we're playing because, man, are there some people who come on there and just berate us for making bad <laughs> plays. Learn Magic the Gathering. You can learn with us, yes. and then you can berate me. I do like to berate people, so maybe I will check it out. It sounds like a great <laughs> plan, and I can't wait. But uh, for now, that's it. Sure, sure. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I don't know, man. I was trying to think of something funny to end it on. Liz died on a Tuesday. <laughs> oh, now I'm going to cry. Bye. Bye, Jenny. Okay. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I went British. I don't know where that came from.